0: You know, to a very large degree, Christmas is about promises made and promises kept. There was a husband and wife, and they'd been married several years, and they went Christmas shopping together, and when they got to their favorite uh, shopping center, uh, the wife went one way, husband went the other way, and they did their shopping, and, and it was about time to go home, so the wife called the husband and said, uh, hey, where you at? And he said, honey, You remember when we were first married and we came to this very shopping center? Yes? Do you you remember that little jewelry store that we loved so much? Yeah, remember that time we went in there and we were just young and that ring was in there that you just loved. And I I promised you that, you know, we can't afford that right now, but one day I'm going to buy you that ring. Do you you remember that? She said, I I remember that. And he said, I'm in the gun shop right next door. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so bad see promise made promise not kept but Christmas to a very large degree is about promises made and promises kept you know most of us um, have made promises most of us uh, have had promises kept most of us have had promises broken so we understand the power of of a promise kept I don't know how old my son Stephen was when this happened but it's one of those things I'll never forget he and I were just riding down the road together I don't even remember where we were going but I remember my phone rang and uh, it was somebody telling me that Stephen's really good friend, his close friend just little boys that his father was leaving their family and I remember thinking oh I need to tell Stephen so I was telling Stephen that and I said you okay and He said, "Yeah." He said, "Dad, do you remember that promise you made me?" And I said, "I, you know, I don't really know what you're talking about, son." he, He said, "He said I remember this. That one day you sat me down and you made me a promise that you would never leave our family." He said, "Dad, that meant so much to me. Promise made. Promise kept." You see, there's power in a promise made. There's power in a promise kept. But there's also pain in a promise broken. In sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer, as long as we both shall live. Promise made, promise not kept. You know, even in Small things we don't really think about. Um, if you're a parent, you have heard this in your life. But mom, but daddy, you promised. Because kids, they they don't really understand how circumstances changed, and and and, you know, you really want to keep your promise, but now I mean kids don't really understand that. All they know is you made a promise and you broke it. I mean, there's power in a promise made and a promise kept. There's pain in a promise made and a promise broken. You see, something happens to the trust in us. When a a promise is kept and when a promise is broken, both, something happens to the trust in us that sticks with us. When When a promise is kept... You go, I can really trust. When a promise is broken, I can't trust them. A huge part of Christmas is a promise made and a promise kept. Look there in your outline. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And you shall call his name Emmanuel. Promise made. 700 years later, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man. That's a big deal. Being a just man and... For he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Promise kept. God always keeps his promises. Every time, no matter what. In fact, um, over 300 promises that God made in the Old Testament were fulfilled in the life of Jesus. Uh, Over 50 promises in the Old Testament were fulfilled just at Jesus' birth. So what does it mean for us right now, this Christmas, that God always keeps his promises? Well, I I have three things. Um, Uh, Because God always keeps his promises, here's the first thing. We can trust him when life doesn't make sense. I mean, do you ever just look around your life and think, man, I don't know what's going on. I mean, this doesn't make any sense. There was a time uh, in Joseph's life where I'm sure he felt the same way. Let's look at that Matthew 1 passage again. Matthew 1 verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. So, stop right there. So, in the first century, a Jewish betrothal uh, was a legally binding thing. So, it wasn't like we think of just in being engaged. Um, you know how it is now. People get engaged. Uh, man, all of a sudden, yeah, I don't think I want to spend my life with them. They get unengaged. I mean, so, it wasn't that easy a thing, to do in the first century, this was a legally binding lifetime arrangement. So they were betrothed, um, and she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. I want to park right there a minute because um, the the promise in Isaiah was that the virgin will give birth. And sometimes I think we can kind of blow past the importance of the virgin birth. I mean, from the earliest time of the church, our creed said, We believe Jesus. Born of a virgin. This is a big deal. Because if Jesus is not born of a virgin, he's the result of an earthly union. If Jesus is simply the result of an earthly union, uh, he inherited sin from his earthly parents. Therefore, he is not the sinless lamb of God without spot or blemish. And if Jesus is not the sinless lamb of God without spot or blemish, Jesus is not an acceptable sacrifice for our sin and if Jesus is not an acceptable sacrifice for our sin we are still dead in our trespasses and sin and our only possible destination for eternity is hell but Jesus is the spotless Lamb of God. Jesus was born of a virgin. He is the Lamb of God who bore our sin. Jesus bore our sin on a cross, conquered death, and whoever believes the blood of Jesus will cleanse them from all sin, and they can receive his gift of eternal life and the promise of heaven for eternity. See how big a deal the virgin birth is? So don't act like that's some small, insignificant Bible doctrine. It is a huge deal. Okay, back to the text. Um, She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So because being betrothed was a legally binding arrangement, there had to be a legal divorce to get out of it. But Joseph was a just man, and you know he, he didn't want to just just you know man kick her to the curb he didn't want to walk around the streets of Nazareth saying yeah man I mean must have been that Roman soldier here last month all I know is it wasn't me and man can you believe it he wasn't that kind of guy he loved her and he wanted to spare her humiliation humiliation So, he resolved to divorce her quietly. Verse 20. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, now I believe this with all my heart. Joseph believed that. This was God speaking through an angel in a dream and he understand this was straight from God and he believed that was 100% truth. But do you think that made sense to him? I I can just about guarantee you, man, there were some moments when it just didn't make any sense. I mean, fast forward a few months, they're on their way to Bethlehem and uh, now, I mean, they're, they're far from home having a baby No family, no room. Uh, I mean, if you believe that hallmark picture of that, I mean, he's got Mary up on a little donkey and he's taking her all the way to Bethlehem and, you know, there's a star in the background and all that. I'm not quite sure that's how it was. I'm just trying to, I mean, I don't know, maybe it was, but I'm just thinking when Jenny was that pregnant and if I tried to put her on the back of a donkey and take her somewhere, I mean, I'm thinking I'm not going to survive that trip, man. (laughs) But that's what happened. But I guarantee you there were times when Joseph thought, man, I... God, did did I miss something? Am I still on the right road? I mean, this doesn't make sense. I I mean, I believe you, but... Your son's going to be born in a stable? I mean, shouldn't we be in Jerusalem at the temple and the majesty that that has I'm sure this made no sense to him at the time have you ever been there that kind of uneasy ground between what God says and what makes sense it's our fear that causes us not to trust God when we're living between what God says and what makes sense. I mean, because it's easy to think, man, if I do what God says, this could go south in a minute. That's why the angel said to Joseph, fear not. Don't be afraid. You can trust God. Joseph found himself in a place that made no sense, but he also found he didn't have to be afraid. He didn't have to understand it all. He could trust God to keep his promise. Maybe, maybe, like Joseph, you find yourself at a place that makes no sense. Maybe, like Joseph, you're afraid. I have some good news for you today. <laughs> Just like Joseph discovered, he didn't have to be afraid, he didn't have to understand it, he could trust God. He believed God would keep his promises, and so can you. And if you'll trust him, you'll find out God always keeps his promises. Let me give you a couple things to remember, though, when life doesn't make sense. Here's the first one. Trust God more than your own feelings. Um, look at this verse, Proverbs 28, 26. He who trusts in his own heart. By the way, so in the Bible, the heart uh, is the emotional center. of It's where we feel. It's where we love. It's where we hate. And I mean, so, so the heart is the emotional center of who we are. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. You know why? Because our emotions can be all over the place, right? I mean, they can be up, they can be down, they can be right, they can be left, they can be... I mean, our emotions can be all over the place. So he who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely, in other words, trusting the promises of God, will be delivered. Now, if you've ever been in a place Where your heart was kind of telling you one thing. But you knew God really said something else. If you've ever been there. You understand. That's a hard place to be. Usually when you're in that place. Because the heart is powerful. The emotions are strong. It's usually not where you just go. Okay I know what I'm feeling. But I know what God says. So I'm just going to do what God says. There's a war that happens. Now, not only is there a war that happens inside you. You, you know what happens a lot of time? God's own people make it hard on you. I, I hear this a lot. You, you know this, right? People come to my office and they tell me what you do. I mean, you know that, right? And I'm, I'm always amazed. So, so I'm going to ask you to do me. If you want to give me a Christmas gift, you get to give me a Christmas gift today. Here's what it is. Don't ever, when somebody says, I'm in this place, and I, I know what God says, but I know what my heart kind of says. Don't ever say to them, just do what makes you happy. God just wants you to be happy. Because, People tell me what you say to them. And when they tell me that, I say, tell me who said it so I can call them. They don't ever tell me. But I hear it all the time. Well, you know, such and such said, they just want me to be happy. As if I could never, ever be happy obeying God. But see, our our hearts lie to us. Look at this. The human heart, our emotions is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who can really know how bad it is? Whoa. But we live in a world that says, live your life by your emotions. And we wonder why the world's so messed up. So, if you ever get put in a position where somebody's saying, I know what God says, but don't you ever say to them, just do what makes you happen. If you do, I will use you as the sermon illustration. <laughs> you say to them, you can trust what God says. Your feelings are all over the place. But you anchor to the truth of the promises of God. And God's going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Has your heart ever been broken because it was deceived by somebody who broke a promise to you? I mean, you ever been there where somebody breaks a promise to you and your heart gets broken and then your emotions are all over the place and you don't know what to do? Can I remind you of something? Jesus will never do that to you. Look at this. God is greater than our feelings. Isn't that a great promise? God is greater than our feelings. He knows everything. So when life doesn't make sense, you anchor to the truth of God. You claim the promises of God. You grab a hold of them and you don't let them go. And when everything's said and done, God would have protected you. second thing to do when life doesn't make sense is to trust God more than your own plan. I mean have you ever just looked around your life and thought "Uh, this isn't really where I expected to be at this point in my life. I didn't expect to be right now in my life at my age sick and injured. I didn't think I would have these kind of financial problems. Uh, I didn't think I'd be alone. I didn't think I'd be divorced. I didn't think life would be so hard. I guarantee you, Joseph had those same thoughts. Sometimes in life, you just have to say. You just have to believe. You just have to grab a hold of. God, this wasn't my plan. But I believe you're bigger than my plan. And I trust you. And I believe you will keep your promise to me. That's what we have. And that is enough. Also, because God keeps his promises, we can believe he will provide all that we need. Um, let me, so let me remind you sin broke this world. So God created a perfect world. When sin entered the equation, it broke this world. So everything that's wrong with this world ultimately is because of sin. I don't mean people's personal sin just because somebody gets cancer doesn't mean because they sinned against God but in the world in general it's broken because of sin so the reason there is death is because there is sin the reason there is sickness and disease is because sin is a part of this world the reason people murder, the reason people steal the reason people do horrible things that we see all the time is because this is a world broken by sin. Matthew 121. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. I mean look how clear God's plan is. God's coming in the flesh. He's coming as a baby. His name's Jesus. He is our savior who will save us from our sin. Sin broke this world. Therefore our greatest need is a Savior. We just don't like thinking about sin. We don't like talking about sin. But the truth is, every problem or painful issue in life gets back to sin. And we don't like to think about that. You know why? (laughs) It's not like we just... Aren't in a battle over this. If Satan can keep us from thinking about sin, we won't ever think about the only possible solution for sin, the Lord Jesus. All right, if you're listening, say amen. amen. Until we deal with our sin, we don't have another problem in life because our sin is the only issue we face. With eternal consequences. Hmm. Maybe um, like me. Someone you love is missing this Christmas. Maybe like me. This is the first Christmas. Uh, without them. You, sin's goal. Is always death. The wages of sin is death so let these words sink into your soul right I bet you let these words sink into your soul fear not for behold i bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We have hope even in death because a baby named Jesus was born and became the death conqueror. So death doesn't win. Praise his name. God understood that our biggest need was sin. If our biggest need was information, God would have sent an IT director, right? If our biggest need was boredom, God would have sent an entertainer. If our biggest problem was money, God would have sent a banker. But our biggest problem is sin. So God sent a savior. God sent his son Jesus to forgive our sin and offer us a gift of salvation. You know, the truth is, it's even better than that. God doesn't just meet our need for salvation, forgive our sin, and then say, see you in heaven. That's not how it works. I love this verse. Look at this. Romans 8, 32. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? You get that? Isn't it great to know? Isn't it great to know? That because God keeps his promises, we can believe he he will meet not only our need for salvation, but every need we have. What a great God! Promise made, promise kept. Because God keeps his promises, here's one more thing, but this is actually a typo in your, in your sermon outline there, so don't look at that. Just look up here on the screen, and you'll get the real one. Now you're really tempted to say, I want to see what they've messed up. No, no, just look up here on the screen. Because God keeps his promises, we can depend on him to never leave us. Matthew 1, 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken to the prophet. This is God's promise kept. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Wow, God with us. Powerful words. God is always with us. With us. Look at this. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. What an incredible promise. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And those words, leave and forsake, they're not passive. They're not passive words. It doesn't mean that God God is here because God is everywhere. But he's not engaged. For God to to be with us and not forsake us, it's not passive. God God rolls up his sleeves and, and gets active in our lives when we call on his name. He's real, and he's personal, and he's powerful, and he loves you. God is doing things just for you right now that you can't see just because he loves you. God loves you. He always has, and he always will, and he promised to always be with you. Here's my favorite promise that God made us. He came into His own when Jesus came. He came into His own, the Jewish people. But His own people did not receive Him. But to all who did receive them who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. You see, we live in a world that says, we're all God's children, right? I mean, that's what... We are all God's children. No, we are not. I mean, the Bible is really clear, right? I mean, but to all who did receive them, He gave and believe in Him, He gave the right to become His children. Not everybody's a child of God. Those who believe and those who receive are God's children. Believe that... Jesus came, God in the flesh, that this was part of God's plan from the very beginning to come and die for our sin because He loves us, to conquer death by rising from the grave, so that He can offer us a gift of eternal life because He wants us to be His children. This is a, an incredible thing. Now now look what this says again. Go back. And his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive them, who believe in His name, he gave the right to become the children of God. It's a very specific name. It's the name of Jesus look at this go to the next slide there is salvation in no one else God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved it's an exclusive name the name of Jesus it's the only name that offers salvation it's the only name that can forgive sin It's the only name that can give eternal life. It's the only way to be God's child. God made us a promise. If we believe Jesus, we can receive his gift of eternal life. If you believe him, God made you a promise. And he'll keep that promise for you if you'll receive him. When my dad died a few days ago, God reminded me, in a powerful and a personal way, how much it means that God keeps His promises. You know, started months ago. I remember calling my dad who was like a walking Bible concordance. I mean, I I don't know anybody who knew the Bible like my dad. (laughs) Hundreds of times I've called dad and said, hey, what do you think about this passage? A few months ago I called him, and he couldn't answer. (laughs) And about that time there was this kind of downhill slide which culminated in dad laying in a hospital bed in his living room. And I was sitting there beside him and he got to where he really couldn't talk. And there in that place, it wasn't sad. I didn't weep. Honestly, The joy of the Lord was incredible because of all those promises Jesus made were personal to my dad. And he believed and he received. And I knew all those promises God made were about to be kept. And he took his last breath, and that fast, God kept all of his promises. One day, like my dad, you're going to take your last breath. The only question really is, where are you going to take your next breath? Because you're going to take your next breath somewhere. Dad took his next breath in heaven. So every time I hear that Phil Wickham song, that opening line says, how I long to breathe the air of heaven think about my dad what's going to happen after your last breath here on earth God made you a promise if you believe if you receive you can be his child and you can have his gift of eternal life and your next breath will be in heaven so I want you to do something for me just bow your heads close your eyes if you're watching on our live stream, you just do the same thing. And right now, right here, if you can say, Steve, I am ready to receive Jesus as my Savior because I believe, I believe He died on the cross for my sin. I believe He rose again. I believe He's alive right now and He is offering me a gift of eternal life. And, and right now, I am receiving His gift of eternal life. Just as sincerely as you can could you say this to God God I believe you and right now I am receiving your gift of eternal life in Jesus name Amen keep your heads bowed keep your eyes closed if you just prayed that prayer and, or if you're at home and you just prayed that prayer man God just gave you a gift of eternal life and you are now his child But maybe you're here and you're a believer but you are living in a hard place where it seems like nothing makes sense. Father, for everyone here right now living in that hard place, could you just remind them all your promises to them that you're going to keep them and they can trust you and you're with them and you're never going to leave them, Lord. Could you let them know that right now so that they can have hope through this really hard time? God, we love you, and we praise you in the good name of Jesus. Amen. So if you just ask Jesus to save you today, or if you're at home, would you just take your phone out and just text the word BELIEVE uh, to the number on the screen? And uh, we would love to be able to talk to you about that. God's good. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for coming today. Let's stand and worship the Lord Jesus.